changing your perspective will fundamentally change your life. This is work that I did a couple of years ago, and it was upon stumbling across Joe Dispenza. If any of you know him, you will already probably know how remarkable his work is. And I was going through quite a transitional stage of my life, and it changed my life completely once I was able to first have the awareness of my perspective of life in that current space that I was in, and the reality of my perspective and how that then would play out into the life that I got to live. And I have worked long and hard. I'm still cur- I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still working every day on becoming more aware of myself and using that awareness to better suit the reality, working towards the reality that I want to live. So if this is something that is of interest to you and you are at a space in your life where you are like, I'm not happy with where things are at and I want to do something about it, but I'm not too sure where to start, then you're in the right place. And I can tell you both in my personal life as well as my professional life. So I have my own business. I'm a private therapist. I have seen this work time and time again. Only if you are somebody who is one willing to have the awareness or increase your awareness of how your current mindset and current perspective, current beliefs are impacting and generating the current reality that you have. That's the first thing. And two, you have to be willing to do something about that. So again, this is a stumbling block that I came across, which was that I had the intelligence, I had the knowledge of all the things that I knew to be true, but I didn't necessarily work on applying them to myself. And upon doing that, kind of holding my hands up going, listen, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be feeling uncomfortable about the process. I'm willing to be comfortable about shedding the identity that I had a great attachment to. Once I was able to do that, and once you are able to do that, great things can come from that space. So I'm going to give you a list of things that you can do to help you change your perspective. And upon doing these things and actually implementing them into your life, my promise to you is your reality will change, your perspective will change, your beliefs will change, and your reality from that space changes. So the number one thing, not the number one thing, but the first thing on my list that I'm going to say that will help you start to change your perspective is something that you will definitely have heard of before. And I'm going to tell you why and how it applied to me and why I think it should be something that you you should consider. Stop comparing yourself to others. The reason this is so important is because we are all in our own lane and the only person that we should be in competition with is the version of ourselves that was there yesterday because that helps us move forward. Whereas sometimes when we are in a space where we are in this space of comparison, where we're not feeling good enough because we are feeling disappointed with our reality, we are feeling disappointed with where we are up to, we basically stop moving. It's almost like we are on pause. As long as you are working on yourself and you're working within your own lane of where your life is currently up to, I can promise you the outcome of that will be development, will be movement. So an example of that could be that I, so previously I was at university and I decided to go back to college after I was a mature student. And basically the result of this for me would be that 
I felt like, okay, a lot of people in my year group, I could see this on Facebook, are uh, already past this, they're already at university. And I'm I'm like late to this and I, you know, feel a little bit behind. And I was comparing myself. I was comparing myself to where they was up to. But what I hadn't considered is that it didn't matter where they was up to and what they was achieving. That was great for them and their path was for them. But I was where I was up to. And as long as I was comparing myself, I could potentially have stopped myself moving forward. Forward, I could have basically caused my own disadvantage, if you will. But instead, I remember having a conversation with my brother about the path that I was on, that I was basically completing all the work while my daughter was in bed. And I was feeling in that space where I was comparing myself to other people had already been there and done that. And there was already on to the next chapter of life. And my brother said to me, he said something that I will never forget. And I often apply it to many things in my life currently. And he said, yes, but Jade, the time will pass anyway. And I thought, whether I am, whether I'm not, whether I'm comparing myself, whether I'm not, whether I'm staying in my own lane, no matter what, that time's going to pass anyway. And I thought about this, about how, so the thing that I had in mind for myself at the time was that I wanted to go off to do my degree after completing my college course. And I wanted to create a career for myself so that my daughter could be proud of the mother that she had. And I could create a better life than what my life would have currently been if I hadn't done that. And I thought, if I give up now, because I'm disappointed in myself and I don't feel like I'm as far along as I should be. And then five years passes and I just decide to go and get a basic job. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean for me and where I was at. The five years would pass and I would look back once those five years had passed and be disappointed that I didn't just stick it out and it didn't matter where everybody else was at. And, you know, there's many things that I have gone on to achieve that many people that I know haven't. And that's totally, again, okay, because they are in their own lane, completing their own journey and living their own life. So the thing that I would highly suggest is take a look at how you may apply the idea of comparison in your life. So that could be that maybe you're like me and you're like, okay, I do want to get myself out there on YouTube, whether people watch it or they don't. And you could sit there and compare yourself to the many, many successful people that are on YouTube. Or alternatively, you can just base start and believe in yourself and see where that beautiful journey ends up. And maybe it isn't the same as everybody else's, but maybe it is. How do you know unless you only stay in your lane and the only competition you have is with yourself and where you truly want to be heading. Number two would be, don't take what you have for granted. When we're looking over the horizon and when we are have our eyes firmly fixed on a destination, we can forget to enjoy the journey and we can forget to take a moment to truly appreciate what we have. And I can honestly say, that most people have something that they can be truly grateful for if they stop long enough to truly take it in and let it saturate them. And we do live in a society where we are constantly being pushed into fast pace, into moving into the next thing, achieving the next thing. And all those things are okay if that's what you want to do. But 
I truly, truly believe that we have to take a moment to practice gratitude and we can truly find gratitude anywhere. And I will go on to that in, in a moment. But I think that we can truly appreciate anything if we take the time to appreciate it. And that could be that, you know what, you have that one great friend, that one great friend who makes you laugh. Or maybe that one great friend who just you feel so comfortable with and you've never really had that before. And you might not have 10 friends, but you have them. And how grateful is it? How grateful should you be, sorry, that you get to have that one friend? It could be that you're a parent and that has changed your life fundamentally. It could be that you found a partner that doesn't treat you like crap. It could be that, you know what, you've got a really solid relationship with your mum or your grandma. It could be that, you know what, you're finally on the path or the, the career that you've always wanted. It could be that, do you know what, I get that half an hour at night where I just actually get to unwind and I really enjoy that routine that I have. I get to come home to my cat. <laughs> I love that because cats. Either, you know what, I love my workout routine. I love that I get to have that cup of coffee in the morning where nobody's awake. It could be whatever it is for you. But do you ever truly take a moment to sit there and let that penetrate your mind where you are not being pulled anywhere else other than just where you are at? and what you have to number three, which is one of my favorite things, which is being in the now. And it sounds so simple, but when you truly put it into practice, again, I knew how to intellectualize this, understand this, but applying it was very, very different. So being in the now is basically the idea that you plant yourself consciously into the present moment that you have. And the reason that this changed my life is because it opened up the gateway to grounding myself and it opened up the gateway to me finally being able to access meditation because I could never do it prior because I found it so difficult to not have my mind flooded with everything. But the importance of being in the now means that the past doesn't exist and neither does the future. Because in this moment, it doesn't truly exist. The only place that it truly exists is in here. But if I said to you, right now, if you are still here listening to me, what truly exists in the moment that you are in right now? And I can tell you that you may have many worries. You may have many things that you have to maybe concern yourself with in the future. You may have things that you want to work through from your past, but they don't exist in this moment. The only thing that exists right now is you sat here listening to me. And even if you only have five minutes spare before you are pulled into whatever is in the future, that isn't here right now. And it frees, it frees me and it certainly will free most people when I practice this with them from 99% of our problems, if not 100% of them. And I understand why people get stuck because I was very much one of these in hypervigilance, hyper-awareness, over-analyzing, overthinking. I know why we do this. I'm a therapist, so I know this very well and I understand all the reasons why it happens. But I think that sometimes what can happen, and it certainly was true for me, is I can be stuck in trying to make life safer, make life happier, and trying to navigate all the bumps in the road that I forget to just take a moment to just be here and to just breathe and to just truly check in what is true right now. 
And right now I am sat doing this video in hope that it will help somebody, in hope that it will help somebody in the way that it helped me once I was able to tap in. I think that the other great benefit of being in the now is that it stops me having to keep crossing all the bridges until they arrive. So let me explain what I mean. So I could be sat here thinking about all the things that I potentially have to do this week. Do I have to do those things? Yes. Do I need to consume myself with them? Truly, right now. Sometimes I may, because I may have to do some planning regarding maybe a route that I have to go down that I've never been down before, or I might have to work out some childcare arrangements or things that may need planning, but I can do that. But once I've done that, I don't need to constantly run through all the bridges that I could potentially cross, all the obstacles that could potentially come up right now. I can trust myself. And again, this falls into developing a healthy relationship with self. I can learn to trust in myself that even if I haven't thought of something, when the time arises, I know myself well enough and I trust myself, even if it doesn't go perfectly, to be able to deal with it, to be able to process it and cross the bridge when it comes, rather than crossing a hundred potential bridges, exhausting myself in the process and forgetting that I have just the moment that I have right now. Number four accepting change. I know this is uncomfortable and I'm not going to go too much into it in this video because I do think it's such a big subject that I don't think I would be able to do it justice and the video would end up being too long. So maybe it's a video for another time and if anybody enjoys this and wants a video on that, please do let me know. But change is inevitable. It is inevitable and it's extremely uncomfortable. Think of us as humans is that we like to be in comfort, which is comfortable, isn't it? It's being in the center of our comfort zone. And we don't like anything that sits on the perimeter because that's fear zone and that is testing our level of comfortability. So I totally understand why change is, until you develop a new relationship with it, going to cause an array of feelings to come up in the body that are not going to be super comfortable and they're not going to sit very well until you decide that I'm going to get into the driver's seat of change change that you want but equally also change that is a curveball change that you don't necessarily see coming but learning how to navigate that and not kind of letting that almost throw you off knock you down and then you stay down until you can you basically end up back into a comfort zone space again change is growth change is movement Change is one of those things that, yes, sometimes it's not always super comfortable and it's navigating that, but equally, it's the change that, what do you want to happen for yourself? The fact that you're watching this video in the first place suggests that you understand that perspective and beliefs are not concrete and they don't have to be concrete and they're not also something that are not able to be changed. They absolutely are. And it's the same thing with change, that it can be something that you can keep waiting for it to be one of those curveball changes where life just throws you something and you have to deal with it. And then you develop maybe an unhealthy relationship with change because it's a fear-based thing. Or you can start to generate your own change and you can realize that, again, you can teach yourself that you're capable of it, but you can also start heading in the direction that you're wanting to head in. The fifth thing 
is actively letting go of resistance. This kind of goes hand in hand with change and kind of getting back on board with change and developing a new relationship with change. And this is the idea that when something is uncomfortable, our natural reaction, every single person that I know, is to bump heads with it and to fight it because our the idea of accepting it makes us feel like we're in agreement with it. Accepting something doesn't make you in agreement with it. Let me give you an example. I have had many experiences throughout my life where somebody has been extremely cruel, extremely cruel to the point where because of who I am and because of my moral code and because of my very strong sense of justice that I have, I the, my immediate response is to do this with it, to do it with the person, to do it with the act, to do it with whatever's going on. And that's not fundamentally necessarily wrong, but it's leaving me because I'm the one who has to live with it. I'm the one who has to deal with it in a space of resistance permanently and often disappointment and often upset. And when I let go of the resistance and I accepted it for what it is, it didn't mean that I was accepting of it or I was okay with it. It meant that I was almost able to free myself from the experience internally and I took what was in my power and my control and I used it to my advantage and I let go of what wasn't. And that is fundamentally life change. Number six is growing a new relationship with failure. And I always abbreviate it because I think that it's one of those things that I don't think that many people hear the word failure and don't automatically couple that with meaning something about them. So it's an extremely uncomfortable word and it doesn't sit very well with people until you do develop a new relationship with failure where you realize that it is nothing to do with you because everybody fails. Everybody fails. I was listening to the Diary of a CEO book on Audible and he said that most successful people obviously fail and actually they probably have failed way more than the average person, but they fail faster. They fail faster because they know that it's a part of success. You have to have failure to reach success. And it's that idea that I think, again, I think it's a very natural feeling. I understand why it happens. And it certainly was true for me until I, again, actively worked on it and got out of my own way with it. But if, say, for example, I'd reached out to have my business published in um, a magazine, and they didn't get back to me, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. <laughs> and now I realize, no, I probably just, what's the right word for that? I'm just not well known enough yet. Yeah, it's totally okay. And the not back is just a setback. It's not a permanent state of being. I believe that one day, I, if I keep going and if I keep trying, there will be a doorway that only opens because I was willing to fail. Do you get what I mean? So if I let that be a setback where I'm like, oh my God, I'm just not good enough because they don't know me and they don't think my work's good enough or whatever the reason is, or again, they may have a criteria and they didn't quite meet it and that means something about me and this failure means something about me. It's going to start to get intertwined with my beliefs. It's going to start to get intertwined and deeply embedded in how I view myself when it's not really anything to do with me. It's to do with that it's just a setback. And yes, it might be a moment of failure, but 
it will only be a permanent moment of failure if I allow it to be and if I allow it to mean something about me and if I don't keep trying to move forward. I think that, so I another one that I heard was that the guy who made KFC, I heard that he'd like knocked on like up to a thousand doors and everybody was like pretty much like, don't know you, don't know this, you know, not interested in your recipe and don't think it's that good. Okay. And he, he just didn't let that mean anything about him. He thought it was brilliant. And he kept pushing himself until somebody believed in him. And it happened. It happened. Somebody believed that it was good enough. And look at where KFC is now. The same with J.K. Rowling, Oprah Winfrey. There's all those things that circulate the internet. I'm sure you can find them. But it's not that you, if you are failing, if you are having setbacks, it's it's a sign that you're moving in the right direction. It's a sign that you're moving forward. It's not a sign that you are not good enough because everybody fails. Everybody gets set back. It doesn't have to be then ingrained into your belief system about yourself. Failure is a natural part of life. Falling down is an equally natural part of life, but getting back up is your choice. Number seven is to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself. I I notice many times when somebody comes into the therapy room and they're working on whatever they may be working on. Something that I often see is that most people are their own biggest bully and they are their own worst critic. And that voice is often usually the voice of many people throughout their lifetime. But it it harnesses their voice and it lives inside their head and it runs the show. Don't let that be you. Forgive yourself. Work on your relationship with yourself. Check whether... The criticism that is existing inside of your head is constructive. And if it's not constructive, then it's just destructive. And destructive is in no way helpful to you in the direction that you are wanting to head in. So something I often say to my clients is, and it's something again that I had to do myself, was we always see that animation of the angel and the devil on the shoulder. And it's only when you are older that you realize the significance of what that is showing you and why the angel and the devil is always that person. It's because it lives inside of your head. And I remember hearing an old folk tale, an old folk's tale, which basically was saying that it was a grandson talking to his granddad. And his granddad says to the to the young boy, there's... um two wolves that live inside of us and one is like jealousy rage all the uncomfortable and unhappy emotions and one is like joy and happiness and contentment and he said they spent a lifetime fighting and this is what i imagine the angel and the devil to be the inner bully and the inner critic and the young boy says to his granddad which one wins and he says the one that you feed and i believe that the food that we feed to either part is in the feelings we generate, the beliefs we create, and the thoughts that we have. With that in mind, which one do you feed the most? What does the voice sound like in your head? And if it is extremely unkind, if it is extremely destructive, if it says the things of the most unsupportive people in your life, ask yourself whether you need to become more aware of that, get a handle on that, develop a new relationship with yourself and be kinder and have more 
compassion and grace towards yourself because it doesn't let you off the hook but it's the only environment in which you can thrive and achieve something outside of what you currently have. Number eight is kind of a little bit of a spin-off from that, but I think that it's really important for people to get clear on what their values are, what their moral code is, and what their purpose is. The quicker that you do that and get really clear about what that is, the quicker that you can know whether that you are heading in the direction that you are wanting to head in. Number nine is one of, if not, yeah, one of the most important ones that I can't stress enough, and it is your environment. Surrounding yourself with the people that are beneficial for where you are heading and not where you are at and where you have been is so important. And if there are people that fit all areas, past, future, present, great but you have to really look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with there's a famous saying that says show me the five people closest to you and i will show you your future because your environment will keep you in places or it will elevate you to places or it will pull you back into places let me explain what i mean by that if you have somebody who is maybe quite negative surrounds herself with drama and they're not a very positive or enjoyable person to be around. They have no aspirations in terms of what you may want for yourself. If you continue to be surrounded by that person, you're going to generate whatever is generated by being surrounded by that person. Equally, if you are with somebody who you know, nourishes you with love, supports your vision, wants you to move forward, they have visions for themselves, they're not um, somebody who is capped by their lack of belief you can only imagine where the environment and the possibility of the environment and the people you're surrounded with heads and moves into. And then, you know, the other one is people, surrounding yourself with people who maybe feel a little bit intimidating. And I don't mean intimidating like they think they're better. I mean intimidating as in, wow, these people are doing really well because they have already maybe achieved what I want to achieve. They've already done what I've, I I want to do, and they would be a great mentor for me. They would be a great a great environment as a person to help promote the growth of where I want my mental space to be at, and then the reality as a byproduct of the the things that I can generate, the things that I can be, the things that I can believe in by being surrounded by people like that. Number ten, the final one, is. Find the silver lining in anything. And it sounds, again, very simple, but it is so effective. And it will truly change your perspective on life. And like I say, if you manage to do even just a couple of these, I can tell you now the shift that you will feel within a couple of weeks of doing it will be on their own life-changing. And this is one of those that was definitely life-changing for me. I remember hearing the gratitude list and I wanted to start it and I remember the first day that I tried to be grateful which is so uncomfortable for me to remember now I was struggling to even come up with three to five things and now I can find it in everything and I mean yes even the bad things even the things that have been extremely uncomfortable to experience so whether that is the fact that it's freezing outside and I prefer the sun I can appreciate this crisp morning 
because it gets me to fully enjoy the polarity of the sun when I get to experience the sun. If I'm having a rushed morning and I really don't want to have a rushed morning, I can find moments and pockets of appreciation. Like I have my own car and I'm not stood out in the rain like I used to be having to wait for public transport. I can find the silver lining in that, even if for the, you know, 90% of my morning might not have gone perfectly how I wanted it to grow, how, how I wanted it to go, sorry. And I could find it in the fact that I had an unpleasant experience with somebody this week, not necessarily directly, but an unpleasant experience nonetheless. And was it a setback? A little. Was it disappointing? A lot. Does it help me understand just how far I've come in relation to who I surround myself with and the positive influence that they have on me and how much I enjoy having those people in my life? Absolutely. Gratitude doesn't have to just be found in the magnificent things, which again are equally amazing when you get to experience them. They don't always have to be experienced in the things that just go right. And again, you can absolutely experience gratitude in them. But it can also be in the things that aren't super simple, super smooth, or super enjoyable too. I hope this has helped. I would love to know people's thoughts, and I will speak to you again soon.